0: Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Monday, August the 14th. And like we like to do on Mondays or once a week, we'll be chatting with our good friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Let me say hello to Bill. How are you, Bill?
1: Oh, reasonably well, Silvio. It's a very, very... Bright day. uh, The sun is in the sky. There are no clouds. And I'm looking at my Midland emergency radio, which is warning me that thunderstorms were about to strike our area. So I know that I know they won't.
0: Well, I wish you could send them our way because we could use a little rain. Uh, We're still in our heat wave. A hundred and actually the next couple of days, we're not going to go over a hundred, but we'll be back to a hundred on on wednesday so uh you know bring those showers send them to texas uh, we could well, use them well, bill
1: well okay we'll, we'll we'll send the showers to texas and i and i know that uh, uh joe biden will send the <laughs> the immigrants from the texas border here that's so right. it's, a, it's a it's a good swap it's a good swap. it's a
0: good swap and yeah. uh it's a very good swap in fact uh why don't we begin with that story because that's something that we have been following down here with a lot of interest you know Uh, I'm sure you remember, Bill, because we used to do podcasts a few years ago. And you remember when Texas had a controversy about uh, sanctuary cities. And in fact, we voted against sanctuary cities. The governor signed the law and, you know, there was a huge upheaval and Governor Abbott was, you know, the usual stuff, the racist and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So for us, it's kind of entertaining uh, not that we wish this on any city, but it is kind of entertaining to see what you guys are going through because it's quite a nightmare up there,
1: bill. Well, it is because the uh, New York being L- New York and being uh, the official liberal capital of the world, uh, declared itself a sanctuary city. our our, our city council in New York uh, is so far left that they regard Lenin, as a conservative, I mean, that's uh, and they and, and like all these declarations that were made, nobody ever thought about what would happen if migrants actually came their way. Well, now they're coming their way in large numbers. New York does not have the, the space. It doesn't have the facilities. They are trying to find new areas where they can put these migrants. Uh, the the latest was Randall's Island. Randall's Island is famous in New York for being the uh, headquarters of the fire department's training school. but there there is also a big regular community there, and they are taking up all their uh, the space that the kids use to play in and making a a, a migrant uh, headquarters for two thousand people. I mean i I don't know how you can impose that on a community. Which depends on those fields for uh, to uh, to have places for their children and just do it. Now, there are also rumors that uh, they they want to take part of Central Park, which is of course is a very famous area of new york, and and uh, use that for migrants. My belief is that those rumors are being floated to scare people. Uh, Central Park is surrounded by some of the wealthiest neighborhoods in New York, and I think they're just trying to scare them into uh coming up with some solution so that central park is not used but it's it's a disgrace because i i look we wish all people well we want to take care of people we want to be compassionate but th- there's a limit to our compassion when our own citizens are not living all that well i mean right. we have you know especially in minority communities their, their lives are not very good right now uh, the city is doing absolutely nothing for them. And I think that there is a general feeling that New York is in a permanent decline. Now, I know some people in finance here in New York, who I use as sources, who've told me that that is the general feeling among real experts, financial experts. We went through this in the late, uh, I'm sorry, the early 1970s when uh, president ford refused to bail out new york when it was going bankrupt but fortunately some very knowledgeable new yorkers got together and formed what they call mac the mutual assistance corporation or big mac as as it was known under felix roten who was a very uh, public spirited banker and they were able to save the city without federal aid but that's that was then and this is now and this is a much larger situation uh, and it, it comes on top of a rising crime and rising fear in New York's neighborhoods. And the city council is, will not do a thing. The mm-hmm. state legislature is under the control of the left wing of the Democratic Party. They won't do a thing. And th- from what I can see is they would like to have New York collapse, that they would then rebuild it in their own image. Yeah. But they're, 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 that is the kind of immature thinking going on. Right. One thing that I
0: found fascinating was the, the mayor went on television and said that New York needed something like $12 billion to handle yes, yes. Now, I have no idea where he's going to get that from because he's not going to get it from the House of Representatives and it's never going to get 60 votes in the Senate. So, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to have to raise your taxes or cut your services. At a time when you know as well as I do that, uh, you know, that neither one of those two options is a good one, Bill.
1: Well, uh, New York is one of the largest uh, out-migration states in the country. I think it ranks either first or second with California. People are leaving New York in large numbers. So if they raise taxes again, more people will leave. And uh, that is something that the city doesn't want. If they they, they could raise The sales tax, I guess, uh, but people will leave. It's it's, going to depress the city even further. It is amazing to me. $12 billion is not that much money. We're giving an awful lot of money to Ukraine, and I happen to favor that. But you could think the federal government, which after all created this problem, would be more generous toward the big cities. I guess they figure that the people in big cities are so stupid that they'll vote Democratic no matter what happens. And you want to know something, they could be right on that.
0: Right. Well, it is really sad because during lunchtime today, I saw a video from New York uh, with migrants literally sleeping on the streets outside of buildings, I guess. And I I, I don't know how that's good for anybody, including... uh, including uh, the migrants. But what Governor Abbott said is that there are more buses heading your way. Yes. So, uh, you know, I know that he's not very popular right now in New York, I would think. But this has turned out to be a brilliant move politically for Governor Abbott because he said, okay, you want a sanctuary city? Here, become a sanctuary city. I I guess, Bill, that my thinking is that when, when these people heard that they wanted to become a sanctuary city, maybe they thought that that meant that they were going to build churches. In yes,
1: yes. Well, it's, I, it's, that, it's that virtue signaling that liberals love to do. To declare yourself a sanctuary city was to fly in the face of the national consensus that we ought to have strong borders. And they were all very happy about it. They went to their cocktail parties. They, they, uh, you know, put on their Birkenstocks, and they felt like real New York liberals. But they never realized that it could actually happen. Right. Now, San Francisco is having the same problem. Other cities are, are are having the same problem. And you look at the if you look at it politically, which is a perfectly rational way of looking at it. And you wonder how these cities can still vote for the people who did this to them. But they do, because we we see the the shape of the Democratic campaign is going to be the same type of Biden politics we've seen in the past, and that is to scare the wits out of people. If you vote for the other guy, uh, you're going to be sent back into slavery. Uh, or, Or if you're an immigrant, even with papers, you'll be sent back to your native country. That's the way they do business, and the Republican Party really, at the present time, is not in a great position to fight them right. because well, our, they're
0: giving up neighborhoods. I didn't mean to exactly interrupt you, but sure. the Republican Party is literally giving up districts. They're that's not right. fighting for them, and that's a uh, that's another thing. Bill, another quick thing before we get to the the Biden and Hunter Biden stories, or I'm sorry, the the Trump indictment and the Hunter Biden special counsel. You, you wrote an article today about Afghanistan, maybe today or yesterday, about Afghanistan over an urgent agenda. And I guess the point of the article was that the the president, the Biden presidency really went south after Afghanistan, that Afghanistan was such an incompetent uh, way to, I guess, a way to leave a country. Just literally packing up and leaving and not, you know, you, you have bases and military equipment that was left behind and all that kind of stuff, and that, at least in the opinion of the article that you posted, that this was the turning point. This is when his presidency began to to go south, Bill.
1: Yes, very much so. Well, it was, first of all, it was a disgrace in so many ways. Not only was the evacuation a disgrace, but the fact that we just shut down the whole operation, having lost, apparently, never, never being told we were losing by anybody, including the American press, which wasn't even interested, And then try to get the Taliban to work for us. And I mean, this is typical State Department thinking. It really is that we can now work with them because we'll have people who know their language and we'll we'll do their dances. And of course, they just knifed us in the back. Uh, And of course, American soldiers died who shouldn't have died. And. When you look at the rest of the Biden administration, their foreign policy essentially consists of that kind of thinking. We're now in the process of making a new deal with Iran, which will give Iran billions of dollars. and They say, well, it's not going to be used for anything but development. Yes, and they're not building an atomic bomb either. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. this is, this is the, just the kind of thinking that, that went on before the, the Second World War. Mm-hmm. Iran will have an atomic bomb. And we will be told that anybody who objects to it uh, is uh, is Islamoph- Islamophobic, and Bi- I don't even know if Biden knows what's going on. It's well, such- that's the point. Yes,
0: I think that's the point, Bill. I think a lot of people are wondering if he even knows what's going on. That you know who who is uh, who's directing this, and I think uh, in the past you have said a couple of times that it sure looks like a lot like the Obama presidency. Oh yes, and maybe that's what what's behind all of this because it is, it is frightening, but I do remember something else too, Bill, and I don't know how much of a factor this is, but I think it is to some extent. What number I would give it, I don't know. But to have the President of the United States continue to speak to mothers of soldiers who were killed in Iraq or Afghanistan and say that his son, that he understands how they feel, because his son died in combat or something like that. Yes. that that
1: is obscene i've never seen that in american history where no, neither a, have i a president lies as much as he does uh and says that his son beau was killed in iraq where in fact he died of cancer uh i mean and yet not one newspaper calls him out on it i i think that the story of this of this age that we're living in right now in the United States is the collapse of the American press and American journalism generally. And, you know, if if a if free press can save a country, it can also destroy a country. And I think that the if, if, if this country fades into oblivion, and I think there's a chance of it, that the historians will say it was the failure of the press to do its job.
0: Well, right now, for sure, because you have issues that we're going to get into in a couple of minutes. But To have the president of the United States say with a straight face to a mother who lost her son in Iraq that he understands how she feels. Uh, No, he doesn't, because his son was not killed in Iraq. Now, to his credit, his son did serve in Iraq, and we give him credit for that. But he died later uh, of cancer. Now, maybe he picked up the cancer in Iraq. I don't know. Yeah. But he certainly didn't die uh, with a gun and, an, and a battle, that's which right. w- what we normally associate with a gold star mother. And uh, so I think that's another that's another issue that, you know, Biden's just seems to be President Biden just seems to be talking at times. And you have to wonder, you know, what is he thinking? I don't think he is a lot of times. Bill, let me get to a couple of other topics here. Uh, very important topics. One is the special counsel on Hunter Biden and the other one is uh, I guess we're going to have another indictment against President Trump uh, today or tomorrow. But let's talk about Hunter Biden first. Uh, you know, I was happy that the Attorney General decided to do a special counsel. I was happy about that. But then he spoiled. It's like remember that song by Nancy and Frank Sinatra, "Something Stupid." You yes, know, that he spoiled it all by saying something, something stupid, stupid, like right? I'm, mm. I'm going to name the same guy. Yes, and and I just. Uh, That's the part that I don't get. Why would you name the same guy that, you know, didn't do a good job before? By all accounts, this guy blew it. So why not, you know, break new ground, clear the table and come up with a new face so that, you know, right now he's catching a lot of heat from the members of the, not just the Republican Party, but Jonathan Turley, um, Professor Dershowitz, Andy McCarthy, those three I like. And he's getting a lot of heck from them, Bill.
1: Yes. Well, this is, again, a situation where we do not have an active opposition that has any cloud. Yes, the Republicans are the opposition, but the Republicans right now control the House by a few votes. Uh, they don't control the Senate. Uh, they don't really have a presidential candidate. We can say that that Trump is the leader. But I I, I, and what is being done to him is 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 obscenely political. But the question is, how long can he go on as a presidential candidate with four indictments against him and trials about to begin? They're rushing the trials. This is, you know, I, I hate to use the term banana republic because there there are ethnic connotations in that. But this is what a banana republic is like. And I think that what what we're seeing to our dismay is that. There are plenty of people in American life and in the American establishment who have no problem with it. And that's what's frightening.
0: Right. But I think the special counsel for for Hunter Biden, I think it's necessary. It should have been named months ago. Yes. But there again, the, the Hunter Biden story is another one of those stories, Bill, that doesn't seem to get press <laughs> coverage, despite the fact that, you know, there's a lot of smoke. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of smoke here. And this whole idea that the, the president or then vice president would call in in a meeting that his son was having with a bunch of business people to talk about the weather. I mean, come on. Are we that stupid? But I guess they think we are, Bill.
1: Well, that's it. And and one of the things that I think pe- people like that learn is that you can lie and get away with it? You know what, what? What was Lincoln's famous statement? You can fool all some of the people all the time, and all the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Well, they've learned that you don't have to feel, uh, fool all the people; you only have to fool enough to win. And and I think they're practicing that. They you know they they are blatantly lying about the Hunter Biden situation. They are absolutely tone deaf about the assault on Trump coming within a five month period right before the election campaign, but they know they have to fool only a certain number of people to get by.
0: Well, you look at the and that's a great point because if you look at the makeup of of the Congress right now, uh, I mean the Republicans the only reason we're even investigating any of this is because Republicans have a majority of five or six votes. I mean, if you had changed that or the Democrats had kept control of the House, this wouldn't be happening. So, I mean, clearly, uh, you know, they they know that if, that if they want to control the situation, they have to win these elections. And as I said, they almost did it in 2022. They almost kept the House. Uh, I thought the Republicans would do better, but they didn't. And look at the Senate. How different would all of this look if we had the Senate? Very different. Oh, yes.
1: Oh, very, I mean, very think,
0: different. Yeah. So, you know, one member of the Senate can literally stop... Uh, Something like this. Speaking of one member of the Senate, I'm changing topic for a minute here, but I just thought about it when I said it. Senator Joe Manchin says he may be declaring himself an independent. Yes, uh, that I thought that was interesting. I I don't know why he waited so long, but maybe he's thinking about reelection. Bill,
1: I think he probably is because I think that as a Democrat, he could would probably be defeated. Uh, let Senator Manchin do what Senator Manchin does, but as you said, let him do it already, you know? I mean, if you're going to do it, do it. Don't make these, these teasing announcements. I think he, uh, he's had a long career. He's been very popular in his state. And I think he overestimates his value. And, uh, you know, he, he can declare himself an independent uh, and say maybe it's time for a third party. And he, if he can develop a following, yes, he could have some clout. But he got to do it already,
0: yeah. And I think maybe he thinks he's more popular than he is. I don't know how many people outside of of West Virginia know him, uh, which is another another problem. Let let's talk a little bit about uh you mentioned the indictment. This is the the, the indictment, the other the next indictment, I guess, of President Trump. This is starting to remind me. There was a movie, I don't know the name of it. Well, I think the name was if it's Monday, it's London. If it's Tuesday, it's Paris. Yes. Or something like that. And it was about, it was a comedy, I think, of some flight attendants who were traveling from city to city. Yes. And if I'm, it's Monday,
1: I'm. It must be London.
0: Okay, there you yeah, go. And I, I don't remember who was in that movie. I just remember the girls were very attractive. That's all I remember about that movie. But it was a great title. And this is starting to look like that. I get it's if it's Monday, it must be Georgia. Uh, yeah, it, yes. I mean, you know, it's starting to get to a point where I think a lot of people are, are scratching their heads saying, OK, what are they going to come up with next? Uh, I know I'm, I'm I'm putting a lot of things on the table very quickly, Bill, but I think in retrospect, the Democrats would have been better off just selecting one case and saying, we're going to focus on this one. And then telling all the other Democrats, look, guys, we don't have time for all of you. All these indictments at one time are just going to confuse people and actually make it easier for Trump to say that it's all been politicized.
1: Yeah, well, and it has been. Well, what what strikes me about Georgia is that they seem almost gleeful down there about this, as if it's a joke of some kind. And it's not a joke. This is a very sad time in American history because a presidential election is mandated by the Constitution. And it has been really one of the great gems of American politics that we have elected. How many now? I can't even remember the number. Forty-seven. Well, we're
0: at number forty-six. But 46. if you if you add a couple of guys who, uh, well, I guess forty-seven. Grover, Grover Cleveland Cleveland was twice elected, I guess. Right. But forty-six, forty-seven. That's a that's a that's a lot of people, actually. That's Histo- right. Historically that's- speaking, that's a lot of presidents.
1: That's exactly right, and and we have never. Had any need or wish to tamper with the election, uh, it's being tampered with. They are making it impossible for Trump to run for office. We've never seen that, and who is making it impossible? A Justice Department controlled by his opponent. I mean, the 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 it it the looks are terrible, and the only reason I think some Americans are accepting it is because of the slanted press. Mm-hmm. They they are getting one side of the story, but I I think that that. Uh, something should be done. Something should be done to shut all of these things down until after the election and let the American people decide. Now, pe- people will say, uh, they're already saying it, well, if that were done, Trump would possibly be elected and he then would pardon himself. And you know, and he, and he might, he might. But I, I think the, that the, this tampering with an election is remarkably bad. I also think it's remarkably bad that no one is insisting that the current president of the United States undergo any kind of medical examination uh, or psychiatric examination to determine his fitness for, for office. That may have to be made part of the law because he is obviously unfit. Mm-hmm. And, and the person who, who would take over in his uh, absence uh, is also unfit. But that is... Not a medical thing. That's a, a political thing. Right. The American people are being kept out of it. They really are. They're being kept out of it.
0: Well, you wonder, though, you wonder. I remember when when the when the FBI went into President Trump's home almost a year and a half ago. And I remember saying, uh, you know, to, to a friend, and I think I said it with you on the air one time, that we've crossed the line that we had never crossed before. Uh, you know, 200 years, 250 years of the republic, there had never been anything like this. And to cross a line like this, all you're doing is putting the country in this vicious cycle where I, you know, I am going to investigate you. You're going to investigate me. And it it puts the country, I think, in a terrible situation because we're not addressing the problems uh, that the country has.
1: That's exactly uh, right. Because it
0: seems like all we're doing is talking about Trump. I mean, well, that's all we're doing. It's it,
1: that's what everybody's doing, Bill. That's exactly right. Well, if you look, well, if you look at CNN, I mean, he is he is their story. It's the anti-Trump network, and they won't admit it, but it's Trump all the time. And and their discussions are almost childlike, and they also seem gleeful. They seem gleeful that this is happening. This is a wonderful thing, uh, and you kind of wonder about the maturity of the people at running CNN. Uh, uh, Fox, to its great credit, has been covering all the stories, and they've been covering them in order of what I think they believe is the importance. Uh, they're not a perfect operation, but I think they're a damn life, but much better than CNN. And if you look at uh, papers, I mean, you have major papers that like the New York Times, who literally will not cover, will not even print major stories about things that are happening now on the Biden side. But it, it almost
0: seems like this has become mental, you know, It and uh, I remember, I think it was Yogi Berra who said that hitting was 2% mental and the other 98% was in your head <laughs> right. uh, or something okay. like that, he said, you know, something yeah. like that. And I think it's almost gotten that way with uh, this hatred of Trump, that it's like hating Trump all the time, hating Trump all the time. and And you reach a point where it's like, okay, you hate Trump, but you know we have a shortage in the military. China is running all over the world. The Russians are in Ukraine. The Chinese are talking about Taiwan. I mean, can we talk about something else? And they don't want to talk about anything else because everything is Trump. And I think that's hurting the country,
1: though. It is hurting the country. We have very substantial foreign problems right now. You know, there used to be a saying in politics that you can take four years of a bad domestic policy, but four years of a bad foreign policy can kill you. And we are in a very serious situation when we have uh, Chinese and Russian warships operating together off the coast of Alaska. Um, China making it very plain that they will not uh, give, give up on their desire to take Taiwan. Russia uh, still involved with Ukraine and uh, threatening the use of nuclear weapons. And look what we're doing as a nation. And, you know, uh, one of the things that has to be pointed out is there's a street in Washington called Massachusetts Avenue. It's where most of the embassies are. And every day in those embassies, their embassy counselors write their impressions of the United States and what's happening here and send them to their home countries. And you can just imagine what what they're writing right now. Uh, I recall back in 1968, a terrible year where, uh, where uh, Senator uh, Kennedy was uh, assassinated, Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King was assassinated. The president of the United States was literally forced to withdraw from the presidential campaign. And Yitzhak Rabin, who was uh, coming in as the Israeli ambassador to uh, Washington, sent back a message saying, is this the country we're depending on? I mean, the, the, the look was just awful. Right. And it's even worse today. It's even worse today because we're conscious of, of what's happening and we won't do a damn thing about right. it.
0: There was a, a great article, maybe we can talk about it next week, uh, that came out talking about how we have basically have given up uh, doing trade deals with Latin yes. America. And uh, as a consequence, China is filling in. That's so right. you've got China literally coming into what used to be protected by the Monroe Doctrine. I guess that's one of those maybe that was maybe that's one of those things that was written by uh, uh one of these white guys from the nineteenth century <laughs> yes. but 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 uh, I mean the the point is is that we're giving up a lot and all we're doing is talking about Trump. Let me do one quick uh uh one last point here quickly, bill, as we run out of time. And, and that is, you were talking about media bias or, or selection of stories. Uh, as you know, there's this terrible tragedy in, in Hawaii. Yes. Uh, we pray for the people. We It's a horrible, horrible thing what's happened there. I think it's 90 people who are dead already. I mean, it's horrible, absolutely horrible situation. Uh, and a reporter asked uh, President Biden, I guess he's on vacation, Asked him about it, and he said, "No comment." Now, I don't expect the president to get on a plane and fly to Hawaii and put out the fire. That's not what presidents do. But can you imagine a Republican president? Remember what they did to Bush over Katrina?
1: Oh, yes, and and, and and he actually didn't do anything wrong. Uh, the 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 fault for the the horrible things that happened in that city uh, lay with the mayor of the city, and the, and, and and they blamed Bush. They blame Bush, right. uh, and if you remember
0: that uh, that Bush said that he didn't want to land, because he said, you know, when the president comes into an area, it does take a lot of resources, which is true. Yes, which is why I don't expect Biden to fly to Hawaii either. But you would expect something more than no comment.
1: Oh, well, of course, it's uh, it's look, he's not interested. Uh, he just seems to be distant from his own country uh, And if it were not for the support of the press uh, I think that he would have been out a long time ago Look, there's going to be a presidential election A year from November And the major campaigns will be starting very soon Now, Up to now it's been kind of you know shadow boxing But very soon you're going to get the campaigns for the nomination And they're going to be vicious And uh, now in the Democratic Party, the National Committee is making it very plain that they're not going to allow a campaign. I mean, they're not going to say it's Biden is going to be nominated, period. And in the Republican Party, they are stuck right now in a very bad situation. Now, the first Republican debate will be held uh, later this month. That could turn things around in a way if people see other candidates.
0: Right. No. and, and, And I'm I'm almost hoping that Trump would go. Yes, because uh, I, I think that, that would be good for the others to be on the same stage as as, as Trump. But I would uh, I would keep an eye on a fellow from Virginia named uh, Glenn Youngkin. Youngkin. So I agree I, fully. Yeah, I would keep an eye on him as a, uh, you know, as a candidate who could step in and fill a void. He's extremely personable. He I mean, he reminds me a little bit of Reagan with his style. Yes. And I wouldn't be surprised if he were to come in and sort of, you know, come in and not save the party, but maybe be the answer to a lot of the people who are a little bit concerned about about Trump. As I've said before, I will vote for Trump if he's nominated, but I would rather have somebody else, because I think we need to have debates about things that have nothing to do with Trump. I want yes. to have debate. About China, I want about you know the future of our relationship with China. I really think we got to get serious about Latin America. Uh, I think we got to do something about military recruiting, which is way down, and and none of that is being discussed. It's almost like you know, those are only issues that you and I talk about, Bill.
1: Well, that's true, and I happen to agree with you on Governor Yunkin. Uh, he has a a a softer style, a more optimistic style now. I would not completely write DeSantis off. He has not done well so far, and I think the reason is he sometimes comes off as the national scold. You know, he's scolding everybody, even though he's been a brilliant governor and right, a successful right. governor, and he's willing to take on things other people are not willing to take on. But, you know, we're running a campaign. We have to win. And I I, I have always felt that Youngkin is the kind of person who can win because he comes off as positive and uh and a man who who is kind of a gentleman as as did reagan you know the the optimist is usually the one who wins in the united states and i think he could do it i also would keep your eye on tim scott uh there's there's a man who who is really a remarkable individual but as you said trump would have to kind of get out of the way and right uh, I, I don't think the party is yet brave enough to say, you know, Mr. President, it, it, we, we have to run an election. Right.
0: But it's still early. And that's the thing that yeah, I that is, yes. continue to say that it's way early. Well, Bill, I want to thank you so much for being a part of our of our show today. And I want to thank you so much for your opinions as always. Have an absolutely great week. We'll keep an eye on urgent agenda as we always do. And thank you so much for, for chatting. I guess we'll do it again next week.
1: I look forward to it.
0: All right. Our good friend, uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda, as we always do, we chat with him once a week, have a lot of fun, and get a lot of information. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later.